Hello everybody, welcome to my podcast. This is Rachel Paling speaking and today I am absolutely thrilled that we are speaking with a sports coach, an expert in his field and I had the honour of meeting him last year at the Edinburgh conference. Lee Campbell, hello there, how are you? Good morning RP, how are you? I'm fine. I'm very well. I'm fine. And just to tell our listeners that, you know, I'm in Europe and you're in Australia. So modern technology means that your evening is my morning and we're able to connect. <laughs> so, and I got it right, so that's good morning there. Yes, absolutely. So, Lee, I'm absolutely thrilled that we can have this conversation today because I'm really, you know, I really want to have a, a conversation with you about a sports coach and what that means. But firstly, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Well, yeah, it's an interesting question on its own, a little bit about myself. There's, you know, there's a lot um, that has been part of the journey, I think, Rachel, and you know quite a bit of it, I guess. Um, you know, I grew up in a small country town, uh, four kids in the family, always playing sports, always been around sports and different athletes and, and different things growing up. And also, you know, times have changed so much. I look, look back now and reflect upon, you know, growing up in the, in the 70s is that we were around so many smart and gifted people who, who knew so much about the body and training and coaching and everything else. And I think I took a, a liking for it way back then, you know, of how people can communicate and um, coach and how they become, I guess, a teacher rather than and at the same time a good teacher and developing people's skills and being able to see them. So I guess I had that sort of um, mindset way back then without even knowing. But then I joined the army, um, was an infantry soldier, paratrooper, jumped out of planes, and also at the same time in the army, um, specialised or majored in uh, rehabilitation when I became a PTI, a physical training instructor in the Australian army, um, and working in gyms around bases, uh, rehabbing different soldiers, also working on their high-end um, stuff that we did in the military, uh, to getting them back through rehab to pass the BFA and the BFTs and the different qualifications there but also then played got drafted whilst in the army to uh the sydney swans in the early 90s to play there and then went over to adelaide with the army pursuing the football and then the freeman um pursuing but then come back to sydney and started the business now that i'm in in b firm which has evolved from way back then when there was um no personal trainers around it was just a thing in the early 90s coming out of america and, and here we are today nearly 30 years later Yes, 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 yes. And I have to say um, to all our listeners, I know that my coaches know you extremely well because I always show your video with Andrew Short, uh, which is the brain that changed. And to those that don't know uh, this video, please, please do connect with YouTube, um, the brain that changed, Lee Campbell and Andrew Short. And, you know, Lee, it's just phenomenal. That video is showing us how working with uh, a person you can create that uh, new neural environment and, and really get that neuroplasticity going which is amazing yeah it's one of those areas that we always i mean it's it's a it's a very fine art of of how people i guess view so many different things these days or or see or have their opinion about it but at the end of the day physicality when you're coaching um, an individual through being a, an elite athlete to uh, someone who's learning how to walk again, uh, someone who's learning how to stand up straight, or someone like Andy, once you get the fundamentals of the basics going right, 
And that's through, that's through neuroplasticity because I look at Andy with that case and it's one of those things that he was born with cerebral palsy. So every new thing you create or do with Andy is neuroplasticity in its finest form. Wow. Um, and, and because he's not done movement that's been educated or taught. So everything you do new is being taught for the first time and then repeat and then go again. And that's where your simple things like muscle memory and, and and things like that then come into play. And then you talk about, as you know, Rihanna, who was 11, had a brain tumour. She's one of the other people I look after from America, comes to Australian trains. And so she was fully functional, no issues, nothing else, complete. You know, what we call in the society normal run-of-the-mill child. And then her brain surgery. And then last year when she came over in 2018, she could walk a little bit or stand a little bit. We then taught her or training her to then walk again. And again, that's a nice fine form of coaching because knowing that she had come from, I guess, the, the memory side of, of um, muscle memory and everything else that we talk about, yeah. how the muscle has memory, she could then functionally walk and move properly. Now, you know, uh, Andy, it's completely different. Um, if you look at the, one of the other videos we've got up there, which is after the accident with Elijah, um, you know, he had a tragic um, parachute accident with one of my friends and... Um, you know, just getting him functioning through to different movements again. It's all about the, I guess, coaching, but also the neuro. There is a fair, fair whack of neuroplasticity of how, you know, retraining after a trauma event um, movements again or coming from a place of trauma where we look at these guys and girls with different ways of learning. Uh, most of them come from a place or bodies in a place of trauma. So it's one of those really exciting areas to work in for the people you work with, but then also yourself, because you're always learning every day, new little things or picking up little things that you never really understood until you start to be in that field. Wow. Wow. So just let's home into this this sort of figure of, of the sports coach. What What is that for you? Uh, yeah, again, it's one of those – it's an interesting – it's a good question. Um you know, first, actually, the question goes back to you, RP. What does sports coach mean to you? What do you think a sports coach is? Well, you know, I think from, I mean, a layman's point of view, because I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm a sportswoman in that respect, I do think that, you know, we have this image of the sports coach as that person who is encouraging, motivating, pushing, taking beyond our limits or, or personal beliefs and really getting us to achieve things that we maybe never even thought possible. Yeah, and that's an interesting one. Is that a motivator or a coach? Because, I mean, they're always um, – you always say, Leah, I love your brain because I always throw the other question back. <laughs> Motivation. Yeah, I do love your brain. Self. You know that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's one of those uh, self oh, – motivation can be – you know, I love listening to uh, good, strong ballads that motivate me. Other people love getting big, revved-up music and ACDC and different things to motivate them. But I guess a sports coach is looking at – an individual, if you look at a team environment, you look how a sports coach can actually formulate a team of players or people around them what they're trying to achieve something. Now, sports coach in that sense of, I guess, what view is putting the right people around you in your team to win right. and to be successful. And that win may be, let's talk Andrew Short, Andy, you know, from his first adventure, which was um, doing the Sydney Harbour Bridge climb to... Uluru to Tuft Mother to Edinburgh last year to Kokoda Track 
to um, you look at someone like Rayanne or um, something like that with her is getting consistency in walking. Yeah. They're making sure that she's independent and she can walk. So there's there's lots of little layers to each sort of case you take on that's gonna you're gonna be coaching or working through. Um, and you know, there's different qualities to that. Some people have great patience, some have good views, and some are academes that can can't, you know, so much translate what they're writing into actions, which is another an area where we get better at better at all time because um, an academe can look at the theoretical side of how different things function and work and, and a good coach or a good trainer can pull that apart and make that happen in, in function for uh, a person with a perceived disability or something like that. Mm. So with that, you know, there's a lot of values that you've got to sort of hold with good coaches because everyone individually within that team is, is valued with each other and the responsibilities that come with that are even greater um, because you've got all this knowledge but you still don't know how to get it over as yet because to get Andy doing great adventures and doing great things where he can inspire millions, millions of people um, or just himself every day uh, is, you know, you have to get him to, the journey is 12, 18 months each adventure that you do because might be climbing stairs or getting up and down stairs. So the neuro pathways that you're going to train are completely different. You've got to line them up with the physicality and how you can activate that. So he may find it that he needs to um, be pre-exhausted in his legs to do step-ups over and over again, like walking up Kokoda or doing the Great China Wall. So there's there's a lot of different things that you then have to put into the mixing basket to then eliminate at the same time to then go forward. Right. Right. And um, may I say that Andrew, well, both Andrew and you, with that video, are really inspiring millions in the world. You know, it's amazing what uh, you've both achieved. And I know that you're going to Machu Picchu this year. Am I right? Yes, yes. You've let the cat out of the bag. There'll be, will be Machu Picchu wow. <laughs> at some stage. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, it'll be later in the year. Um, you know, things like that where you've got to look at uh, a simple thing that we wouldn't even think of with neuroplasticity side of things is how is Andrew going to function with the altitude with less oxygen in the air and will will you um, will there be you know slower movements or patterns or these different things or will they get more tired or do we need more we know with altitude we need more water and food yes. it's not a big big climb but there's all the little things that then you've got to put into the basket so yes. as you're training or coaching these uh, people like Andrew and myself and you know we've got to go through it and go okay how do we how do we make sure everything is a hundred percent uh, in the basket that we need that we need to know to then execute on this uh, adventure. Wow, wow. So, you know, what, what you've said really is that a sports coach has to have that sensitivity of knowing the person that you're working with and or the team that you have, multiple people that you're working with. Yeah, you do. And you've got you to entrust them with the processes. And we hear this all the time with different teams and sporting fields and interment. You see the coaches get up on... on TV and say, look, we had to leave it to the process and the process didn't work today. But And that's the difference with the team and, and certain things. They have to go out each week and perform or each during their season and perform and hopefully the processes and everything they got in place beforehand and the team around them is in place. But with someone like, you know, an Andy, you only get one shot. So there's, there's uh, you know, you get one shot at making it right when you're doing adventures. You can train the house down in many different ways and that's what we've got to do in the back end of of things that we do as coaches with um, if you're looking with people with you know, supposed different disabilities or functions that we don't have 
with the normality of movement, we've then got to work out how we can then functionally get them up there or they can, they can achieve that greatness, which they're trying to do. Right. Right. And it's very, very interesting. It is. It is. It really is. And, and another interesting aspect, and, and you and I have spoken about this a few times, and I'm, I'm really fascinated about this, is this, this sort of approach of tough love. This approach of saying, right, um, we're not accepting any emotional interference. We just need you to get functional, get moving. So how effective is that tough love approach? Well, you know, um, a lot of TV and shows all over the 20, you know, all the years I've been doing it. And unfortunately, I guess it's the humour side of it as well. From day one, I've been known as the, you know, the tough love guy. That's how Lee delivers it and that's how he expects it back. But, you know, the tough love, you know, it's an interesting one because, again, you've got to then be confident enough to deliver it that the person will hear it in the right manner and sequence because, you know, other people will interpret things uh, a little bit more, I guess, tough or, or a little bit more blunt than others. But if you know the person you can, and you're on the same path and, and deliver it the way that you need to do in a, in a, ter- in a you know, terminology that is there. I mean, I'll talk about Rayanna for a moment, you know, um, who's teaching, you know, teaching to walk again and get walking and functional properly is that, you know, the days aren't great because, you know, you should be physically, she can do everything, you know, same as Andy. So we need to be, you know, really one-dimensional one on that, taking the emotion out and making it the functional. You know, if we can do it, emotionally, if we're having a bad day, great. We'll get around, pat each other on the back and say, you know, you're okay, and we'll check on that. Yeah. But physically, you've got to understand that um, we've got to understand individually that we've got so much more that we can actually achieve. And, you know, emotion plays a lot in how you, whether you win the 100 metres by one second or lose it by one second. Now, if we're one second away or the minor, you know, if we just need to do simple changes and movements, um, we need to be told how to do it right. You know, complacency or just accepting it is not a, is not a way that we need to do it because we're letting each other down. Yeah. And in saying that, you, if you truly believe in what you're delivering and what you're doing, you need to have that one dimension about how the result looks. After it's done, you can explore it and go back because we know we've achieved it and we can look at it and rip it apart and, and have a look and go, hey, we need to do that better or that better. And that comes back to the coach. He needs to or she needs to rip it back and say, hey, we've done it. And that's why that time behind the scenes is so important because you've got to be tough on yourself. I don't go you know, home and go, yeah, that was a great session, Andy, if we've had a bad session. If I'm getting upset with him or angry with him, it's the same for me as well. So it isn't just a one-way street of how it's not happening. It's a, it's a two-way street of if I'm being tough on him, I'm being tough on myself as well. I don't accept, you know, complacency of what I do every day, so neither should he. And that's why, you know, you come to see me. You know, if you want to sit in a classroom and deal with that, and that's what I talk about the academes, that's a, it's a great thing yep. uh, for you, but it's not, not for me. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, you know, I'm, I'm thinking what you're saying, and, you know, somewhere then... Between coach and coachee, there is a tacit understanding that how, let's say, you are um, delivering your coaching is key. And it may be that it has to go beyond, you know, what we call the um, touchy-touchy, feely-feely. It goes into that, right, we need to move into functional and not emotional. Yeah, and look, if you look at the body, it's completely functional. So we've got to be aware of what the body can do. 
And we've also got to connect on, on an emotional platform, which is where, hold on, if, if you're connecting with the people you're training or working with, which I really believe you have to to get the most out of yourself and of them, because yeah. they entrust in you everything. So you need to be on that ball when you're looking after them. You know, um, If you get something wrong, you get a real wrong. But you know, you've got to minimise that risk. You've got to have the risk assessment done in your head straight away. So the touchy-touchy feeling, you know, I'm, and you know, this is the other side of the coin. I'm, I'm a very touchy-feely guy when it comes to understanding the body because that's how you need to understand it and read it. I, if I look at it, I can break it down and flip. But I need to know how the arms are moving with Andy. So I've got to grab his arm and move his arm. I've got to understand why he can't straighten it all. If it's getting locked out his, at his left wrist, why does it keep going back to that point? And these are funny things that I call. Um, you know, the body's living in a moment of trauma. Yeah. So that's just, that's a little exciting bit with neuroplasticity. If we can work backwards from this place of trauma or or um, an accident happened, there's another lady I'm training at the moment, Lily, who got hit by a car. Um, she's still in a chair. You know, um, she's we're rebuilding her strength and, and motor skills and everything else, um, you know, early 20s. She herself, you know, we've got to recreate that how the body feels and how we can do it right. But you've also got to, um, like a physio or any other person, understand how that body's working at the moment. If there's no muscle action going on in that area, why not? How can we get it there? Is the nerves, the whole body, is everything else just not working in sync with it? You'll hear many a coach, let's talk about Pilates, for example. So let's isolate the, isolate the glutes and then squeeze the glutes. And so many people will come in, old, young, indifferent, and go, oh, I can't isolate, I can't, you know, isolate my glute muscle. In six weeks, that coach or instructor has that muscle engaged and working and everything else. And so it's fascinating. They've got to understand how that works within that person. So with a person with like Andy, with you know, CP or, or something else, we can actually work through it. We just need to understand how us as a coach can get that done. Right, right. Yeah. Well, uh, you're doing some amazing work and I know that you're really helping and uh, getting people functional, which is fantastic. I just wish that we could get more of you out there in the world. How are we going to do that, Lee? <laughs> I know where you're going with this, RP. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. I, I know where you're going with it. Yes, you know, I know, I know, you, I, I know you very well. So, <laughs> oh, look, you know, mate, this year there'll be, hopefully I can get some um, publication out there and get it done. There's, there's so much to do with day-to-day, just concentrating on, on um, the group that I have and, and the people like Andy that you know that you invest your time and they invest their time in back with you. So you're really working hard on on getting everybody up and going uh, and finding the time to then put out your training courses and create this um, courses as such where people can come along and learn it. Um, it will happen, and you will have the front row seat, RP. No worries about absolutely, that at all. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You know, and also. Yeah. Uh, well, just I know that you you have a wonderful <laughs> gift, and just you know the way that you are uh, helping people worldwide, like Rihanna, like Andrew, like Elijah, it's just phenomenal, you know. And um, yes, it would be great to to have more of that in the world. Yeah, it would, and there's some great practitioners out there, like people who who um, who really get um, the human body. Uh, and, you know, there's just so much wealth of knowledge. I mean, I would love to travel around and deliver programs and educational pieces on, on this. And I, I will, I, that will be my next part of my business that I, I move into full time. But, um, you know, 
there's there's a lot to do still. They've got a conference for you later this year that I'm still trying to find time to get to. I'm not, oh, but not letting that out of the bag yet. All the viewers and listeners can uh, wait for that one. Oh, <laughs> so you've got us all on tenterhooks whether you're going to be in Lisbon. Mm, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, that'd be, I mean, look, I'm still, it, it's trying to happen. It just needs to happen. Wow. Um, so like last year, I will, you know, I'll uh, get up and, and say a few things and do a few things. Uh so that's still there. And I will be delivering, if I do turn up, an educational piece on how to coach people with disabilities through neuroplasticity and movement. Wow. Wow. So, so um, you know, I'm trying to get that together. So um, so this is going to be a surprise speech that. that now you're, you're, you're leaving me with this idea of, oh, my gosh, how am I going to get that in the program? But I will. Mm. <laughs> I <laughs> it'll will. Be, it'll be an evening class. <laughs> if you tell me the day before that you're coming to Lisbon, I will squeeze you in there. Absolutely. Mm. Yes. But, yes. you know, there's a big one before you shoot off, and I know you've got to get on a plane and go around the world, but coaches are really important. Like the placing for a coach or a practitioner or a teacher uh, is is one that is so valued for the people that you're teaching. Sometimes it gets lost in translation or transition because we're not putting enough pressure on ourselves. And people and teachers and all coaches that take this the right way, we need to we need to always be great because to be great inspires people. And inspiring people is just being positive, being a little bit of tough love, yeah, delivering the messages you need to, and just focusing on that individual for what they need. Because everyone's needs are so different, and coaches, good coaches, good leaders, good mentors get that. They understand that, and you know that's where coaching stands out from just being a coach. Wow! And I think on that note, Lee, we're going to end this podcast. I'm so grateful to you. Thank you so much for um, taking the time today. And to all my Pleasure listeners, is all mine. Yes, thank you. And to all my listeners, uh, please, please do check in with all of uh, Lee's videos. And well, join us in Lisbon to perhaps meet mm-hmm. Lee in person. So thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful time wherever you are. Bye bye.